Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Life is full of pain and difficulty, yet you can navigate these times much better if you learn to see them through the eyes of faith and realize that Jesus is with you in those times. However, it is crucial we see our tendency to turn our eyes almost entirely onto our problems, which takes our eyes off the Lord. In Genesis chapter 21, Abraham and his family were in a pressure-filled situation. Here we see God using this situation to develop the faith of his people and for God to demonstrate his faithfulness to us. Let's join Pastor Jim in part one of his message, God with you in the pressures of life. Well, life is full of pain and difficulty. Yet one thing I've noticed for sure is that an awareness of God being with you can certainly change and help the way you think about pain and difficulty. It seems to me, at least in my own life and and watching the lives of so many other people that I know, that a big problem is we often miss God in our problems and our difficulties because we take our eyes off him and we put them on to the problems and difficulties. That often leads us to a, a state of what I might call internal pressure. It, it just, it just, you're like, Ugh. and when you are walking around like that with internal pressure, that leads to interpersonal problems, doesn't it? You're either just, you know, highly strong, or you're grumpy, or or whatever. And that, I think, at times, if we're not careful, can even lead to a real struggle with our faith and our trust in God. Today, in Genesis chapter 21, we're going to continue with our series that we are calling Venturing into the Unknown. And the title of our message today is God with You in the Pressures of Life. And it is my hope and my prayer that this is one of those studies that will really strengthen all of us. So I want to jump down to the verse that we just read, verse 22. And it came to pass at the time that Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, spoke with Abraham, saying, God is with you in all that you do. And if you are a follower of Jesus. First off, if you're not, we're glad that you're with us. We're glad that you're joining us either here in person or online. But that just because God is with you does not mean that it's going to be easy. We do know as followers of Jesus that God is always with us, but it doesn't mean that it's always going to be easy. So let's remind ourselves of what's going on. After about 25 years of waiting, Abraham at the age of 100, Sarah at the age of 90, was promised a son and God finally came through. So everybody had to know that it was a miracle. But there was a problem. One of those family problems that were sort of under the surface that we don't like to talk about was that back in chapter 16, we covered this already, 14 years ago, Abraham and Sarah, more Sarah's idea, decided Let's help God out. He promised us a kid. We can't get one. Why don't you go sleep with my uh, maid, my hands maid, and let's see what happens. So he did. He should have said, no, I'm not doing that, but he did. And they had a son by the name of Ishmael, and according to the custom, 
uh, Sarah could take him as her son because it was her, her maid or her, her slave's child and it was by her husband. So this child then seemingly could belong to Abraham and, and Sarah. But it was not, his name was Ishmael, but it was not the son that God has promised. Now it's obvious as you read the life of Abraham that while Sarah and her handmaiden, her, her maid, Hagar, had a rivalry, clearly Abraham loved Ishmael. Clearly he loved the boy. And so while this rivalry is going on, it's, it's between the women and he loves the boy, it's creating problems all around. Uh, pressure all around, pain all around. Those of you who know the experience of a blended family, you're, you're feeling the pain right now because some of you have had uh, you know, families coming together and bringing together and trying to mix them together. It just doesn't always work as easily as you had hoped. And so things are not simple. The pressure is mounting. And now that the child of promise Isaac has been born, things are only gonna get worse. So three things we wanna look at today. Uh, number one, God is with you in times of distress. God is with you in times of distress. Now, I know this is not the typical American Christian type of thinking. Right now, it's all about how to be happy, how to be successful, how to get in shape, you know, <laughs> how to do everything, but distress is real. You say, what is distress? Distress is a painful situation. It's extreme anxiety or extreme sorrow. Any of those ever happened to any of you in your life? Yeah, yeah, I'm looking for the person who doesn't have all that. Verse eight, so the child, Isaac, grew and was weaned. So that probably makes him about three years old. If Ishmael was 14, about when Isaac was born, that might make him about 17. And Abraham made a great feast on the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian. Now, remember this, that Ishmael in Abraham's life has been the center of his attention for 14 years. I mean, that was, that was, they did everything together, dad and his boy, doing stuff together. And now there's another boy. So, and Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, scoffing, some versions say mocking or laughing. We're not exactly sure what he was doing. Verse 10, therefore, she said to Abraham, cast out this bondwoman. Very interesting. The apostle Paul quotes that in Galatians 4.30. Some versions say, get rid of that bondwoman. And her son, not your son, Abraham, not our son, her son, for the son of this bondwoman, notice no names, no names, shall, be, shall not be heir, or the idea shall not get the inheritance or even be a co-heir with my son, namely with Isaac. So last week we saw that Isaac's name means laughter, and we might say it kind of means the joy of the Lord, but Ishmael, he appeared, it appears that the name laughter means mockery, means making fun of, all because of probably jealousy. 
Ishmael was not laughing with Sarah. Remember last week, Sarah was laughing because this child was born. He wasn't laughing with Sarah. He was laughing at Sarah. He was, he was mocking Isaac. And therefore, since he was God's chosen son, he's mocking God. In other words, like many people around us, he, when it comes to the things of the Lord, it's a big joke to a lot of people. And I think many of us have a growing tendency to just ignore such things, but we have to be aware that God does not ignore such things. You see, the Lord considers mocking him to be unbelief. Jesus was mocked on the cross. How interesting. The Savior the one who was their only hope of making it to heaven was mocked by those who was trying to help. If you're not a follower of Jesus, again, we're glad that you're with us, really glad that you're with us, glad that you're watching. But please consider that the attitude of mocking, even the attitude of indifference, is your personal declaration about God. Your very words declare the fact that you are on the outside of the plan of God. Now here, Sarah is deeply offended at Ishmael and Hagar. I would hope that most of all, she would be offended not for herself and for her son, but mainly for the name of the Lord. But I don't think that's the case. Now, we don't know a lot of different things. Perhaps Hagar is now considered a second wife. There we go. The Bible endorses polygamy. No, the Bible is recording the disaster that has become of what Abraham has done even now some 17 years later. Chapter 16, the issue was fertility and jealousy. Now it is inheritance. You know the old expression, right? Where there's a will, there's a relative. (laughs) And so now it's going to come down to, she's like, he's not getting anything. Sarah doesn't want them to share in the inheritance. And the, the truth of the matter is this, is if you want to inherit eternity with God, you must become a child of God by putting your trust in his son. The New Testament is when it, you know, some 2,000 plus years later, will will show us that this incident represents two different natures. The natural man and woman versus the spiritual man and woman. Sarah's words, harsh as they are, are actually used to bring about the will of God, but she certainly lacks God's heart for those who are outside of the family of God. Verse 11, and the matter was very displeasing in Abraham's sight because of his son. Another version says it was a very difficult thing for Abraham. Another one says that it distressed Abraham. It it was painful for him. It caused him anxiety. It caused him great sorrow. Because he loved his son. Remember, he said to God, hey, listen, it's all right. I'm cool if you don't give us a, 
our own child. Ishmael's here. We'll, we'll, we'll let him be the child of the promise. And God said, no, he's not the one. He also knows that by sending him away, he will lose his inheritance. That was the custom of the day. And this is something we all run into at times. Many of us run into domestic disputes. Some of us have believed, I, I know not you people, but, and not you people watching online, the people that aren't watching. Some of you have drama in your family. Any of you have drama in your family? No, good, good, I'm glad. I'm glad. Not even a little over here. This side, apparently quite a bit of drama. They're, they're talking about it. Yeah, some families have, have drama. Some families have trouble. Some families, believe it or not, I know, shocking, shocking. Put your seatbelts on for this one. Some families can't agree on things. Some families don't get along. And sometimes things are never settled. But here we see the Lord is right in the middle of it. Remember that in your family squabbles, the Lord is right in the middle of it. And oddly enough, in this case, theologically, not with attitude, but theologically, the Lord sides with Sarah's assessment that this situation is not God's will and it's not going to work. Well, touchy subject family stuff, isn't it? Yeah, some of, some of you are looking at each other like, yeah, we're a touchy subject. Well, as long as we're on family, touchy subjects, let's talk about another really touchy one. Let's talk about submission. What are you ladies leaving for? <laughs> Listen to what the Apostle Peter writes in the New Testament over 2,000 years later. 1 Peter Chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God or hoped in God also adorned themselves or beautified themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Most of you know I asked Pam to call me Lord, but she won't. She always says, you're no Abraham. To which I don't say you're no Sarah because she's better than Sarah. Um, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. Another version says, if you do what is right, I guess that's submission in context, and do not give way to fear. Now, we read that, and is that the same Sarah we're reading about right now? Because she always seemed to be kind of giving Abraham a lot of lip. No, did you ever notice that? And, and, and Peter says, oh, no, no, no. She, was, she, she beautified herself, man. She adorned herself with submission. How do you reconcile these things? Well, ladies, stand tall right now. You ready? Despite the bad press about being submissive, that does not mean that you are a yes, dear, whatever you say, doormat. Do you, do you perceive Sarah as that? Not at all. Not at all. Now, legally back then, that was Abraham's call. But what did Sarah do in the situation? She confronted her husband. 
She said, this is not right. What's going on here now, it's just not going to work. And no matter what his comeback may have been, whose side did the Lord take? The Lord took her side. And so I think submission sometimes gets a really bad rap. The scripture says to be submissive to one another. Did we hear that, husbands? Submissive to one another. Verse 12, now remember, God's in the middle of the distress. But God said to Abraham, we're not told how this happened, dream, we don't, we don't, we don't know. We don't have to have dreams. It's, it's okay to have dreams, but, but we have the word of God. He didn't. Uh, too early in the Bible. I mean, his, his, what are we on, page 12? I mean, not much of a Bible. Like, I read the Bible cover to cover every year. Oh, great, Abraham, not much, of a, not much going on there. But God said to Abraham, do not let it be displeasing in your sight. Another version says, Abraham, don't be so distressed because of the lad or because of your bondwoman. Whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice. Did he just tell Abraham to submit to Sarah? I think he did. Some of you ladies don't even want to admit that. He, he just did. He just said, do what she says. For in Isaac, your seed shall be called. So he'll be the, he is the key to the family line, the genealogy. But look at verse 13. Yet I will also make a nation of the son of the bondwoman because he is your, he is your seed. He's your son. So it seems to me that Sarah is correct for the wrong reason. She's angry, but she is correct or at least God is leading them to the correct decision, that Isaac is the heir. Now, here's how powerful God is. God can even use a family squabble to accomplish his purposes. This is why sometimes people in church, and we are called the family of God, right? This is why sometimes people in church want to run away. Oh, we didn't get, I didn't get along with so-and-so. And I'm like, no, 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 don't run away. You're, you're running away from what God wants to do. God wants to do his thing in the midst of family squabbles. So don't run away with that. That's so selfish. Just to, to, to leave? That's, that's, you know, just don't do that. You just don't do that. And future generations of the people of God, including the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, will come through Isaac. In the New Testament, in Romans 9, 7, and Hebrews eleven eighteen, 18, it actually quotes the Lord saying here, in Isaac your seed shall be called. So the son of the promise, Isaac, through the centuries, through the family line, will bring us the son of the promise, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will make you and I the sons and daughters of the promise. But in verse 13, the Lord assures Abraham in his distress about what he's going to do with Ishmael. So what is he doing? 
He's reminding him that he's, God is reminding Abraham that he is faithful because he's already made this promise to him before. Because what's a big temptation that we all face? To choose family over God. To choose relationships over God. That doesn't mean we torch them. That means we work at them. But ultimately, we choose God. And what does he say to him? I will not forget Ishmael. Now, if we're attentive, even in the worst of times, even in the worst of times, the Lord will always have a word for his children. Always. And we, of all people, have this. You, you say, I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know what to do. People call me up all the time. I don't know what to do. I always say, read the Psalms. And this is how you read them. Out loud. Out loud. And you will always find a word from God. You'll find yourself praying because as you're reading with the psalmist, you're reading with your eyes and with your ears and with your mouth, you're hearing it and it's going in all over the place, but you're praying to God other times, other times you're hearing God speak. This is important. This is important for Abraham. This is important for us. Why? Because the Lord commands. He doesn't suggest. He commands an all-out commitment from his people. This is a unique time we're living in, guys. We have the hardcore Christians. We have people who are not really Christians at all. They sort of just show up at you know, church, some churches or stuff like that. But then we have a large middle section. We call this the mushy middle. This middle section is getting cleaned out. So here's something to either look forward to or not look forward to. I was telling Pam and I were talking about this yesterday. I was saying to her, I think in the next season, and again, some of you will like this and some of you will hate this. I think to avoid any of us being in the mushy middle, we're going to have to call people to a higher living for God. We're going to have to not let anybody who considers this to be their home church. Now, and you know what? Here's the thing. Unbelieving people get that. They get that. They're like, what, what holds me back a lot is the full throttle call of Jesus. I mean, I read, you told me to read the gospel of Mark, Pastor Jim, and dude, that guy is like, follow me, man. And so we're going to have to call each one another, me included, to a higher level of living for God. Because other than that, we end up, as James has been teaching us on Wednesday night, we end up double-minded, so that's number one, God is with you in times of distru- uh, distress. Number two, God is with you in times of despair. You see, what's the difference between distress and despair? Distress is painful. Despair is a complete loss of hope. Com- completely. Verse 14, so Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and putting it on her, on Hagar's shoulder, he gave it, and the boy to Hagar and sent her away. Then she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And the water in the skin was used up or it was gone. There's none left. And she placed the boy under one of the shrubs. Then she went and sat down across from him at a distance about a bow shot. For she said to herself, let me not see the death of the boy. 
So she sat opposite him and lifted her voice and wept. Holman Christian Standard Bible says, I can't bear to watch the boy die. So she sat nearby. As she sat nearby, she wept loudly. So her situation has gone from distress. Her situation, Abraham is in distress. They're leaving. Her situation has gone from distress of we're leaving to despair. It's hopeless. My son is going to die. I'm going to die. This is not good. So it begins in verse 14. Notice what Abraham does. This is a tremendous example for us. He gets up early, not just getting up early, but gets up early to obey the hard and painful directive of the Lord. Notice God doesn't, everybody's like, oh, I'm going to follow Jesus. It's going to be an easy life. <laughs> Much to learn you have, young Christian. <laughs> right? I mean, all, all the Star Wars are fans. He's talking like Yoda again. Thanks for listening to Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to bring you hope, encouragement, and the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Please pray with us that Changed by Love will make a profound difference in many lives. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Teaming together in prayer is the key to a spiritually rich life. It really does take a team of praying individuals to reach thousands. Thank you for being a part of the Change by Love support team. To find out more ways to team with Change by Love, go to our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you could call 862-217-9686. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Changed by Love.